Amen. Let's give Jesus some praise. Hallelujah. Clap your hands, all you people, and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah. 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 We've come to exalt him tonight. We've come to give you praise tonight, Jesus. Come on, it feels good in the house of the Lord. It is good to praise the Lord. It is good to praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Let's give Jesus one more hand clap of praise all across this house. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. I love what I feel in the house of the Lord. People have come to worship God. and Sometimes that's what, what separation does for us. It's one of those deals where we are forced to be separated due to weather and other things like that. But how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Something beautiful about the people of God coming together with the sole intention of worshiping God. The Bible says he inhabits the praises of Israel. And I'm thankful to be in the church of the living God here tonight. Amen. Luke chapter 9 and verse number 51. Amen. And as you're turning your Bibles, I was, every month I get, uh, every month, every week, every so often I get the messages of all of the birthdays and anniversaries that come up from Sister Worley. She makes sure she keeps track of those. And the best benefit is I'll never forget my own because she sends it to me. No, I'm kidding. I won't forget it because it's one of the few dates I remember. But uh, I want to say happy anniversary to my beautiful wife. Today is our anniversary. Amen. And we'll be celebrating that tomorrow, but I, I'm not skipping church. Amen. I'll be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Worshiping God. And so we're excited uh, for all that God has done in our lives and blessed us. You know, we, we thought about it the other day and thought, man. We have been married, we have been pastoring married longer than we were married without pastoring. And so it's just, it's just life. This is what we do. Amen. We just live for God and serve God's people, and we're excited to do it. Amen. Luke chapter 9 and verse 51. The Bible says, And it came to pass that when the time was come that he should be received up, he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem and sent messengers before his face, and they went and entered into the village of the Samaritans to make ready for him. And they did not receive him because his face was as though he would go to Jerusalem. He had made it up in his mind, I'm going to go to Jerusalem. And on my way to Jerusalem... I will make a pit stop in the village of Samaria. But they recognized the way his face was set towards Jerusalem, the way he was aimed, they realized, we don't want to hold you up from getting to where you're going. Don't worry about stopping here. You just keep on going. And I want to talk to us tonight for a few moments on this first Wednesday night of 2023 take aim everybody say that take aim hallelujah would you set down your bibles and let's pray all across this house jesus we love you we thank you today we thank you for your word we thank you for these new opportunities new days god 
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, come on, let's pray all across this building and give God glory. Let's give God glory and honor. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, I'm praying in this year that we would set our face, God. Hallelujah. Oh, come on, somebody pray in this building. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, Jesus, we magnify you. We praise you, oh, God. Hallelujah, Lord. I'm praying tonight, God, we'd set our direction in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Amen. Take aim. Hallelujah. Over a century ago, the average life expectancy in the United States was only 39 years old. This is notable considering that a person born in the United States can now expect to live decades longer than past generations. The average is a little over 78 years old. This can be attributed to the improvement in health care, living conditions, or even the reduction of poverty in the United States. But whatever the cause, the life expectancy of a person has steadily been rising until the last few years. Many researchers have attributed this decline to the opioid epidemic, obesity, and suicide. A professor at Dartmouth said, there's something more fundamental about how people are feeling at some level, whether it's economic, whether it's stress, whether it's the deterioration of family. People are feeling worse about themselves and about their futures, and that is leading them to do things that are self-destructive and not promoting of good health. They have found that in this current society, although there, are, there is a, a higher lifespan, they are finding that it is starting to decline again. It seems as though that with this, this increase in the lifespan, there has also come something along the route called aimlessness. Aimlessness has been found uh, to become when people lack purpose. Now it's no longer you only got 39 years, so you better use it wisely. It's, well, what am I going to do with all of my spare time? And so people have become aimless. People have started becoming vagabonds or nomads, people without a purpose or a destination in their life. In fact, it's become a new thing in our generation. It's not new. There's nothing new under the sun, but people have, have decided they're going to leave and they're going to ride around in a van or in an RV and they're going to record it for their social media. They don't want to have any fixed abode. They just want to go wherever the wind will take them. But I want to preach to us tonight that aimlessness is a problem. Aimlessness is leading people down dark, destructive paths. We see this happening in Genesis chapter 4 with the story of Cain and Abel. After Cain killed his brother, God exacts judgment and punishes Cain. He said, when you work the ground, it won't yield to you its strength. You will be a fugitive and a vagabond or a wanderer 
in the earth. This was a twofold curse. First, it was the progression of the curse of Adam, which was the working and the toiling of his hands. Uh, this was the progression of the sinful nature that you're going to work and you're going to toil, but it's just not going to yield. In fact, he went even further with Cain. He said, because of what you've done, it's now not only going to be hard work, it's going to be extremely hard work. Uh, but he then cursed Cain with this thing called aimlessness, uh, this wandering spirit. Uh, amen. I want to help you here today. Aimlessness will lead you into dark places. If you haven't noticed it, I want you to think back over the last couple years. Uh, people have lost their bearing when they were separated and put in isolation. They might have known themselves by their job. They might have known themselves by the degrees that were hanging on the wall. They might have known themselves by the places they frequented and the places they were going, uh, the people they were around. Uh, but all of a sudden, in one moment, it was stripped away from them. Uh, and we've watched uh, over the last couple years... Uh, as, as things have rapidly declined and rapidly deteriorated because people have found uh, that they no longer see the big picture. They no longer see the purpose. Uh, they have wandered and they have wandered and they have wandered uh, and they are living a life of aimlessness. We're watching as people are walking without a destination. Unfortunately, as it is with the sin nature, they are walking uh, without a destination, but that doesn't mean there's not a destination. The Bible says that they are walking into destruction. Matthew 7 and 13 says, Enter ye at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many there be that go which go in thereat. Aimlessness will cause people to stumble in to the wide gate. I want you to know, hell, the Bible says, hath enlarged herself. This world, this whole thing is wrapping up. I don't know if Jesus is coming back uh, even in the next year or the next five years. All I know is that there are preparations being made, a large net that's being cast. Uh, amen. It is being cast by hell. Uh, it's saying we'll take in all of the wanders. Uh, we'll take in all the vagabonds. We'll take in all those uh, that don't know where they're going. They are aimless. Uh, and, and when they don't know where they're going, hell is coming around saying you can come in here but I've got news amen that the church has got a net as well that saying people may not know where they're going but we've got a net that's going to catch them to help them get where they're going somebody clap your hands and give God praise if we're not careful aimlessness will lead people into the gate that leads to destruction aimlessness is a death sentence amen it is in Genesis 21, the Bible says Abraham sent Hagar on her way with food and water, but the Bible says she walked aimlessly in the wilderness of Beersheba, which almost led her and her son into an early death. But in the moment of aimlessness, the Bible says she cried out to God. Hallelujah. I want to help us before this year really gets rolling for those that don't have uh, their aim set, for those that don't exactly know what direction they're headed. Uh, I want to help you that you can cry out to God uh, and you can have God show up uh, and help you. Uh, you may not know exactly what this year holds for you, uh, but you can cry out to the Lord uh, and God will help you to set your direction and to set your aim. I'm going to take the next few moments tonight 
and talk to you about taking aim. As we go into this next year, I want us to go into this next year uh, that with an aim that is set, uh, a higher aim, an aim that is directed not by my flesh, uh, not by my emotions, uh, not by my carnal thinking, but an aim that has been set by the Holy Ghost, uh, an aim that's been set by a prayer meeting, uh, an aim that's been set by the altar. Uh, I don't want the aim to come uh, from other people in my life. Uh, I don't want the aim to come from the trials I will face this year. I don't want the aim to come, uh, amen, from all of society and from this current culture. I want my aim to come, uh, amen, where Jesus stands over my shoulder and helps me to figure out the direction uh, in which we go. As we read in our text today, we find that Jesus is fulfilling a prophecy that was spoken in the book of Isaiah, that his face will be like a flint. This hardened rock, this is what they use to strike up if you ever need to start a fire, just a little metal and a little flint. And when you hit it, this rock doesn't just uh, crumble and break. It's not like obsidian that just becomes sharp. But as you hit it, little flakes break off, and it creates a spark, and that spark helps create a fire. And so Jesus has been prophesied as being one whose direction is so secure and his aim is so sure that it's going to be hardened towards this purpose. And in Luke chapter 9, the Bible says that his face was aimed. It was set like a flint. His purpose was, was sure that even though Calvary would be brutal and it would be barbaric, he had set it up in his mind. I am going to Calvary no matter what comes my way. His face was set to Jerusalem. His aim was fixed. Can I preach to somebody this next year? You need to let the Holy Ghost help you fix your aim. We need to let the Holy Ghost help set our aim where it doesn't just fluctuate based on how we feel, but it has been set. We've got a purpose. We are walking with intention. Can I preach to the church in 2023? We cannot allow, amen, our aim to be constantly changed. We've got to set it. We've got to set it. We've got to just make sure we know. This is where so many people are wandering in this world and in this life because they, well, I, well what, if, what if, what if, what if next week I feel differently? In fact, this year, right about now, everybody's already made New Year's resolutions. That, that they've done studies will fail by January 14th. Well, let's see. You've got 10 days. Because they've set it based on an emotion. It feels good to start something, doesn't it? It feels real good to start off and say, man, I'm going to do this because there's some dopamine that hits your brain. I'm going to lose 20 pounds. And then you realize how heavy 20 pounds really is and how many cheeseburgers that means. Amen. It's it wasn't that hard to gain it, but it sure is a lot to lose it. And so we, we set out on that journey, but then we get hungry. Hallelujah. And all of a sudden, we, we go from aiming here to aiming here to aiming here to then we stop aiming altogether. Now, I've seen people do this in their spirituality. 
they start off and saying, well, I'm going to do X, Y, or Z for God. And it's this great and grand thing. The Bible says if you desire the work of the bishop, you desired a good thing. There's nothing wrong with desiring great things. But in the midst of that, you've got to set your aim and never let anything stop you from that aim. Jesus knew his purpose, and he knew my purpose is to end up in Jerusalem, hung on a cross. It's going to be painful. He didn't go into it with starry eyes and rose-colored glasses. He went into it with his aim fixed, knowing that is exactly what's going to happen. But I'm going there anyway. Oh, somebody clap your hands and give God praise. Jesus' aim was fixed. Jesus was under no illusion as to what was waiting for him in Jerusalem. He knew, and we find it in three different places, he told his disciples what was waiting for him at Jerusalem. He said, they're going to kill me, and three days later, I will rise again. His aim was fixed. His aim was sure. I want you to think and remember this year as you go into everything God has for you. When you pray and God gives you direction, when you pray and God sets your aim for your future, I want you to think of how determined Jesus was. His resolution uh, to die was sure. Uh, it was fixed. Uh, his aim was there. Uh, and the Bible says he was tempted in all points like as we are. Uh, and yet he made it up in his mind. Uh, I'm going to Jerusalem uh, and nothing will hinder me. And nothing uh, will stop me. Uh, he walked into Jerusalem with his aim fixed uh, and his purpose solid. Uh, I've come to preach to the church uh, at the beginning of this year. Uh, you need to make it up in your mind. Uh, if God is set my direction I am not changing it if if God has told me what is possible for my life this year I'm gonna go after it and nobody's gonna stop me no devil's gonna hinder me somebody ought to clap and give God praise somebody give God praise man what does this mean to us Jesus had countless opportunities to abandon the task he was sent to complete, yet he was unwavering with every step that he took. When he told his disciples of the suffering he was going to endure in Jerusalem, they pleaded with him, and they asked him to choose an easier path. In fact, it's interesting because when Peter said, Lord, no way, he said, get behind me, Satan. The people that hinder you from fulfilling God's purpose are not your friends. He's go, he, listen, Peter was my friend a moment ago. He said, you got the keys to the kingdom, but quickly you can go from having the keys to the kingdom to being called Satan in just a moment's time. Isn't it interesting that in the garden, when he was betrayed, the Bible says Judas betrayed him with a kiss, and as Judas betrayed him with a kiss, uh, he said, Jesus looked at Judas and called him friend. In other words, uh, the one that everybody in our world would say was the betrayer and the one that was all wrong, uh, they just said, Peter's being your friend. Uh, he's trying to stop you from going through this difficult thing. Uh, he's trying to stop you from going through this hard thing. Uh, amen. He called Peter uh, the devil. But yet when Judas came by, we all said Judas is a bad guy in this moment. Uh, but the truth is uh, Judas was necessary uh, because if it had not been for Judas, uh, there'd have never been a Calvary. Uh, and there's people that God's going to bring into your life uh, that are going to help get you where you're going. Uh, it may not be the way we want it to be. Uh, it might cause pain, uh, but the real story is that person's your friend. 
The one that's keeping you on task is your friend. Hallelujah. Can I help you here today? Sometimes, and I, I'm setting it up because this year, don't think. Everybody starts in the year off and says, this year's going to be my best year yet. And then they find out they're on the Lord's list of those that need to struggle a little bit. <laughs> and uh, they, they, oh, my best year yet. But you don't know is sometimes the most difficult things end up setting you up for the best things. That trial is your Judas, and it becomes your best friend. Uh, amen. I want to encourage you today. Don't change your aim uh, just because who shows up in your life. Hallelujah. Don't change your aim just because who walks out of your life. Uh, don't change your aim uh, just because, uh, amen, all of a sudden you had friends come and friends go. Uh, you need to set your aim uh, towards the will of God and say, what God has spoken over my life, uh, I'm going after it. It also means for us today, Jesus forfeited all of his glory and his honor. He dwelt among men. Amen. The Bible says he took upon him the form of a servant. He laid down his life. No one took it. He set his face so strongly that even though it was a less glamorous path, a painful path, he knew, I'm going all the way. Amen. During all, when we look at our lives... Amen. And we make it up in our mind. When, and I, I want to help us understand this tonight. When God speaks to you, and inevitably he has or he will, and he starts giving you direction because nobody, it is a curse to wander. It is a curse to be a vagabond. It is a curse to live an aimless life. If you are here today and you say, well, Pastor, I just don't know what my purpose is in life. I don't want to tell you you're, 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 you're just doomed forever. No, I've come to let you know that you can get a hold of God today. And God can help you find your direction, help you find your purpose. But it is going to be up to you whether or not you fulfill that purpose. It is going to be up to you whether or not you set your face like a flint. You take aim and you hold on and you don't let go. God will call you. God will equip you. But you got to start walking. You got to start walking and doing all these things when God speaks to us. When we set our aim, we take aim, and we start looking towards the things God has for us. It's not an easy task because it takes a lot of great courage and perseverance. In fact, it often will make us weary. That's why the Bible says, don't be weary in well-doing. Yet Hebrews talks to us about this. Right after it talks about the heroes of faith. And it says we have a great cloud of witnesses. What's it talking about? As you are running your race, don't go to the left. Don't go to the right. You keep your aim. You keep going towards the finish line. He said because there's a great cloud of witnesses. There are people in the stands, uh, saints that have gone before us uh, that are standing in the stands, uh, and they are clapping, uh, and they are applauding, uh, and there's one fan that all of us need to strive towards, and all of us need to aim, take aim towards. Uh, he said looking unto Jesus, uh, the author and the finisher of our salvation. Jesus is there at the start line, but honey, Jesus is there at the finish line as well. And he's clapping and saying, come on, you can make it. Uh, and the devil's going to try to get you detoured. Uh, the devil's going to try to get you sidetracked. Uh, life's going to try to get you sidetracked. Uh, trials are going to try to get you sidetracked. Uh, but you've got to set your face like a flint uh, and say, I've already made up my mind. I'm going all the way. Somebody clap your hands and give God praise. Man, when we get weary, 
We need to remember the Bible says Jesus, consider him who endured such opposition and contradiction of sinners against himself. And yet the Bible says it was for the joy that was set before him he endured the cross. It is so important for us to take aim in our lives and in our walk with God. You know, I, I, I often deal with people and, you know, ask them, uh, what are you looking for? What do you want? And inevitably, the ones that are struggling the most are the ones that would tell me, I don't know. They've not taken aim. What are you looking for? Amen. Jesus even asked the question, what did you come out to see? When you came out to see John, were you coming out just to have a show? Or were you coming out to see uh, somebody in flowing garments? Were you coming out? Or did you come out to see a preacher? He wanted to know, what was your aim when you came here? I've seen people come to church and come to the altar, but because they never take aim, they never go nowhere. You know, I know people, they like to go fast, but they like to go nowhere. You ever heard of NASCAR? Brother, they go, uh, they go real fast, real fast, real fast, but they ain't going nowhere. You'd be better off to take aim and crawl your way and make it a mile down the road than to just be a NASCAR that's going in circles for the rest of your walk with God. When you come to live for God, you need to get in the Holy Ghost and say, God, what do you have for my life? Uh, and that means day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, I'm going to strive towards it. Uh, I might stumble and I might fall. Uh, and the Bible says that though a righteous man falls seven times, uh, he keeps getting back up. Uh, the Bible says, rejoice not against me, O my enemy, for when I fall, I shall arise. Uh, when you've got your aim set, uh, you recognize I'm going whether I I stumble forward, whether I fall forward, I'm going forward. Somebody stand across this building and clap your hands unto the Lord. Come on, somebody clap your hands and give God praise. We got to get in the Holy Ghost and say, God, I don't want to just go fast. I want to go forward. Somebody clap your hands and give him praise. Come on, somebody give him praise tonight. God, give me direction. God, give me direction. When we pray in the Holy Ghost, when we pray in the Holy Ghost, God will speak to us. But we've got to start putting feet to our faith and says, all right, God, I'm going to hold the direction you set for me. Abraham, let God set his aim. I love the way the Bible puts it in Hebrews. He looked for a city whose builder and maker was God. And I have no doubts that when he was struggling, the Bible says they went in, in the time of famine, they ended up in Egypt. And I have no doubt that, that his wife said, is this the city of God? We know, we know that Lot started thinking like this. Because when he, when he looked towards Sodom and Gomorrah, the Bible says he said it looks like the city of God, like unto Egypt. In other words, he had settled. Can I preach to somebody? God didn't want nobody to settle. When he puts your goal and he puts your aim here, don't settle down here. Ooh, I came to preach to somebody tonight. Ooh. Abraham, I'm sure Lot probably said, you know, Abraham, this is a great city. This is a city of God. Let's stay here. We like it here. This is a beautiful place. 
and Abraham who had his sight fixed by God. He looked around and said, this is a pretty city, but this is not the perfect will of God for my life. Amen, church. When God speaks to you, you got to hold on to it. Well, well, what if it doesn't happen? you got to insert one word, yet. It hadn't happened yet. Because if God spoke it to you, God is not a man that he should lie. Ooh, I've come to build faith in somebody. If God spoke it to you, God doesn't lie. And God always comes through. Ooh, I came to preach. When God sets your aim, not you, not your ego, God sets your aim. Don't say, well, we'll just settle right here because this is comfortable. When God's got more for you, Abraham said, you know what? I could stay here in Egypt, but God's got more for me. And he said, let's go. And he kept on walking. He didn't let Egypt stop him. He didn't even, when Lot said finally, well, look down towards Sodom and Gomorrah. It's like the city of God. Abraham said, no, no, I've got my aim set. I know exactly where I'm headed. I know exactly I'm going towards the perfect will of God. And God gave me a vision for where I'm going. And that's what I'm going to strive for. And Lot said, well, well, you go ahead and strive for that. But I'm going to go downhill. Abraham's in the house of God. You just keep marching towards what you aimed at. Ooh, somebody lift up your hands all across this building. Come on, God's going to help somebody this year to not, maybe you've gone in circles for a long time because you just keep doing the same old, same old. I've come to tell you today, you don't need to wander. You don't need to be aimless. You can pray tonight and say, God, I know you got more for me. Would you give me a, would you give me a direction to aim towards? God, would you give me a purpose to aim towards? And, Lord, I'll put my feet to my faith, and I'll aim towards it. In fact, I want to open up this altar. Would you come? Come on, God's giving direction. Amen. God's helping us aim. God's helping us aim before this year gets off the ground. God, I don't want to just wander aimlessly. I don't want to just go in circles, God. I don't want to live a destructive, self-destructive walk with God where I'm just wandering around. But, God, I want to aim towards what you called me for. I want to press towards the mark. Come on, let's pray all across this building. Come on, Paul. You've been stoned. You've been left for shipwrecked. He said, I leave all those things behind me, and I press towards the mark. I press towards what I've been aiming at this whole time. Come on, I've been aiming towards the perfect will of God. I've been aiming towards what God has blessed me for. I've been aiming towards what God has anointed me for. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to settle. Come on, hallelujah. Somebody pray. Not going back, moving ahead. Come on, let's pray in this house. Hallelujah. Take aim. Take aim. Take aim in this house. God, what would you have me do this year? Come on, pray about it. What would you have me be this year? What direction would you have me go this year? God, I need to know so I can aim towards it, so I can live for it. Past is over in you, all things are made new. Surrender my life to Christ. I'm moving, I'm not going back. I'm moving ahead. I'm Come on, 
world. Don't live an aimless life. If you don't know what God has for you, if you pray, God will give you direction. If you pray, God will help you. If you pray, God will give you an answer. God will give you a word. And then you got to set it, and you got to move towards it. I'm here to declare to you Come on, don't settle for a lower calling. Stretch towards the high calling. That's it. God's helping somebody lift up their eyes. Come on, aim a little higher. Aim a little deeper. Aim a little forward. Jesus, thank Set toward. Tell he gives you something to take aim at. 
So all my efforts this year can be towards that goal. So all my efforts in life can be towards that goal. That's it, somebody pray in this house. That's it. God's helping somebody sight in. Focus in. Focus in. Focus in on what God has for you. Focus in on what God wants you to do. Yes, there's going to come trouble. Yes, there's going to come trial. You just keep that aim steady and sure. Focused in. God's helping you. He's helping somebody align themselves. Holy Ghost, align me so I can hit the target, God. Hallelujah.
Come on, somebody pray in the Holy Ghost. I believe that there's folks been praying, God, give me a word, give me direction. And in this altar call, God's speaking to you. You got to mark it down. You got to get your sights on it. Once you see the target, get your sights on it. Don't change it. Somebody put it best. They said, if you, he who tries to go everywhere ends up going nowhere. If you try to shoot at everything moving, you might get lucky and hit something. But very rarely are you going to ever hit what you were going for. What happens is there's so many people that get lost in the equation they forget that they're, what answer they're looking for. So they get so lost in the things going on, they forget that they're actually trying to go for something. But if you remember that you're going after something, you're aiming towards something, you recognize everything I'm going through right now is just part of the equation to get me there. I don't get tripped up by the trial because it's just part of the plan. You know, we went out shooting a little while ago and once you set those targets up in a perfect scenario they just stay there and it's now my responsibility we got some professionals in here I'm not a professional my brother Michelle is an archer he's got that my last name is Hood but he's Robin Hood so just but you know that that targets there and so many people, because of their own inadequacies, they just think, well, I'll just, I'll just shoot towards something different. But, but the truth is, the target's still there. And you, you can still strive for it. You can still eventually hit it if you would just work on your aim. Don't change the target because of your deficiencies and your inadequacies. Just work on your aim. So this year, when you inevitably, because we all will, will stumble and fall. I didn't shoot my gun one time and think, well, I didn't hit the target, so I'm going to throw it away. You know, it's worth too much money to do that. You pay too much for the bullets. Now, what do you do? You just take aim again until you get better at which, with your aim. Come on. When God gives you a target, don't change the target. I didn't look and say, well, God called me to be a preacher, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and decide to go out in the world. <laughs> it's a, that's changing the target. No, even if I stumble and fall, that's what I'm heading towards. That's what I'm aiming towards. Every prayer meeting you have should be, God, remind me of the target so I can, I can with the power of the Holy Ghost, I can get my aim right. Somebody lift up your hands. This year, this year, I'm done shooting at everything that moves. 
I'm done, I'm done aiming at everything that catches my attention. No, I'm going to block all that other stuff out, and I'm going to look for the bullseye. I'm going to look for what God has for me. I'm going to look for the, the godly, divine ideal for my life this year, for the perfect will of God. I'm not changing the target. I'm not going to shoot lower just because I don't feel like aiming that high. No, God, help me to take aim. And God, when I take aim, help me to, help me to push towards it and press towards it this year. Oh, come on, somebody pray in this house. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God, remind me of where I'm headed. Remind me of the target. Remind me of what I'm striving for. Remind me of what I need to be aiming at. Father, we love you. We thank you tonight. We thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit that's in this house. God, I'm believing this is going to be an incredible year with incredible people of God. Lord, we're believing this is going to be a great and mighty revival this year. We're going to strive for it. We're going to push towards it. We're going to aim at it, God. And we're believing that your spirit's going to come alongside us and help us. And Lord, no matter what distractions come across my vision, I'm not going to let it distract me from the target that you've set in my life. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Let's clap our hands and give God praise one more time. In Jesus' name. Shake hands, be friendly, love one another. Let's not forget Sunday. We're going to come right back here to the house of the Lord, 1 o'clock for prayer, 1.30 for service. In Jesus' name, God bless you.